Need more energy throughout the day? Looking for a kick to your workout? RockinThatIDLife.com has you covered with delicious flavors you've grown to love in tropical fruit and mixed berry, but now fall in love with the new fruit punch and orange flavors. Try them all at RockinThatIDLife.com. Realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage LLC makes the moving process easier. Work with a realtor who plays and studies the game and will work as hard as the boys on the ice to get you the best deal. Check out Mike on the web at strikewithmike.com and jumpstart your move today. That's strikewithmike.com. This is the infamous Kurt Price with Let's Go Blues Radio. Wow, the infamous? And you're listening to the LGB Radio Summer Series. Now here's the infamous Jeff Ponder. Infamous? To discuss your picks for the all-time St. Louis Blues team. Infamous is, is when you're more than famous. Welcome to episode 11 of season 12. This is episode number 420. <laughs> All time of the often imitated, never duplicated. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? I ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. We're the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go Blues Radio. Special thanks to our sponsors, RockinThatIDLife.com, StrikeWithMike.com, and CenterIceBrewery.com for proudly sponsoring the show. Please check them out. Also, don't forget to check out our t-shirt shop at letsgoblues.com for some well-designed and fairly priced blues-themed t-shirts. It is Tuesday, July 11th. We're streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. To interact with the show on social media, our handle on all channels is LGB Radio. Search for us and you'll find us. If you haven't already done so, please like, follow, subscribe, ring the bell, buy a t-shirt from our shop, use a tin can and a string, and tell your neighbor about us, or do whatever you can do to help us out. I'm your host, Jeff Ponder, and I'm joined by the man himself, Bill Day. Kurt Price and producer Austin are on assignment. The agenda for tonight includes discussion about NHL free agency and will reveal the first two selections at right wing for the Let's Go Blues Radio all-time St. Louis Blues team. All that and more on this podcast landscape-changing episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, we had a weird last-minute thing within the last 45 minutes Vanessa Graff, friend of the show, was supposed to join us. Uh, she's having what I like to call tummy trouble. I have no idea if that's actually the case. I know she's just not feeling well. So uh, we had to call an audible. Bill Day, as you can see if you're watching the video, is not in his normal spot. He is in his record area downtown. Uh, so a nice new different look for Bill. But he is jumping on last minute. And we might even have another special guest join us later. Bill, thank you very much for coming on and helping me out tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's busy summer nights, uh, but uh, you know, had enough time to, to pop in and uh, join in on this one. Uh, haven't partaken, partook, 
partake. Uh, I'm out of practice with my words, so forgive me. But uh, I haven't done one of these, uh, one of the reveal shows yet. So I felt uh, wanted to to be involved with this a little bit more. So uh, happy to be here. And yeah, never uh, mind if you hear clicking sounds. That's just Sheldon working on his nails right now. Oh, I've let's see. Surrounded him. by oh, two yeah. dogs. Okay. Yeah. There's got, Sheldon. Uh, and you got some nice uh, record friends. records behind you too. What are those behind you? Uh, the, behind these concert posters. So okay. I think over my left shoulder, um, Young the Giants, uh, when they were with uh, uh, Verizon or Riverport, as us old timers call it, um, a couple years back with uh, Cold War Kids. Probably best show of the summer 2017. Um, above that is My Morning Jacket from the Peabody 2015, I think. Um, uh, so I'm in Nashville. And then um, I think the upper right is something I got from uh, the My Morning Jacket uh, fan club years and years ago. So we're uh, we're Very big nice. concert goers in this house, and we've got we have a whole bunch uh, from this summer that we still have to put up. So nice, that's awesome. Yeah, I know you saw. Um, was it the Cure in Chicago? That'd be a pretty sweet show. Yep. 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 And we uh, we have a. Uh, uh, poster from that show uh, that's probably going to replace my morning jacket up on the right. Um, we saw the National also in Chicago, um, the opener for their their current tour. Um, so we got one for that, and then we're you know we're junkies for the National. We've, we're a huge fan. If you don't know them, um, check them out a little bit. Uh, start with Boxer and work your way forward. Um, we saw them in Montreal. That was the band I went to see in Montreal in 2017. Um, so we saw in Chicago. We're going to see them in Cincinnati. Uh, they, their hometown, they do a two-day festival. And they announced today that they're playing two albums in their entirety, one on Friday, one on Saturday. And uh, really looking forward to that. So, yeah. That sounds awesome. Big concert uh, so, people, uh, like I said. Oh yeah, yeah, I can tell. Uh, so yeah, we um, did not have a show last week, which um, I know is jarring for uh, our our listeners that, that that tune in every week. Um, things just got crazy for me. I'm kind of the one that runs the ship on uh, over the summer, and uh, I just couldn't do it. And Bill had stuff going on. Kurt had stuff going on. Um, so you know, with it being Fourth of July, it was just a, a weird week. So. I uh, do want to apologize for that for anyone who missed us last week. Um, we also were planning on doing like a live show and we would have done that if the blues would have done anything, but obviously nothing was really done. Um, there's some stuff we'll talk about here in a couple minutes with free agency, but we all just kind of felt like if we're going to miss a week, this is probably the week to do it. Uh, so that's what happens. So do you want to apologize to our listeners for that? But um, I think you guys, uh, got enough content from us the week before. We talked a lot uh, about the Kevin Hayes stuff, the draft, the Tory Krug fiasco. So, um, but we'll bring some more content for you tonight. Hope you enjoy it. Um, speaking of more content, uh, if 
any of you who are listeners of other hockey podcasts, maybe you've tuned into the Puck Podcast. Uh, I did have time to co-host that last week with Eddie Garcia of uh, the Puck Podcast. So uh, Doug Smallhand over there, he is uh, I'm, he's out of uh, out of town and actually out of the country. He's in Japan for three weeks. So uh, while he's out, I will be co-hosting the Puck Podcast with Eddie. I'll be doing that again this week and again next week. Uh, so you can expect the next episode. I believe we're recording tomorrow, so we will be posting that probably Thursday. So if uh, you want your fill of me and and sprinkling in blues talk in a national hockey show, uh, you can get that because uh, I, I do. I, I try to sprinkle in as much blues talk just to piss all the other uh, fans of other teams off as much as I can. So uh, I will do that again. Uh, so, uh, Bill. Let's get to our beers of the episode. I think you said you have one tonight. Um, we'll start with you. What do you got? Uh, I'm I'm cleaning out the fridge, uh, getting ready for uh, you know. Well, I'm trying to get one of my fridges cleared out um, of all my old beer. So, um, ill repute pumpkin stout from last year from Poor Hands. So this. Uh, we uh, we had uh, we suffered a power outage and had to get rid of a lot of things. Um, so the old beers that were in the one fridge in the garage, um, I couldn't pour them out, so I'm forcing my way through them. It's actually still pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's good. No, I would, same here. We didn't have a power outage. We had an internet outage, which thank God for you. You guys don't have a child. Um, I know you have dogs that can, I mean, it's summer heat just sucks, but we didn't have internet. And so my child, first of all, if we don't have internet and we turn on like regular TV or even DVDs, he does not understand this generation doesn't understand commercials, previews before the movie can play. Like that just is a foreign concept. And so we were trying to like pop in Blu-rays or like just watch like Channel Two, and he was just did not like yelling like "What the hell is this?" I told you to play cartoons, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, dude, this is the way I grew up. You got to deal with this when we don't have internet. We didn't have it for was it five days? I think we had went from Friday to Tuesday last week. That was part of the reason I didn't do a show, was because everything I needed to do that involved internet had to get pushed back a couple days. So I'm like, you know what? Sorry, the uh, podcast has to take a back seat. But no power. My God. Did you guys, do you have like a generator? Were you able to like, you know, get AC somehow? Did you have to go somewhere else? What did you guys do? So uh, we, luckily, you know, it wasn't excessively hot. Um, we We don't have a generator. And of course, those conversations have now started. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, we don't have a generator, um, so we were we were without AC. Um, I'll tell you this: the basement where I'm at now, these are 12 foot ceilings, and they, it first, yeah, it just stayed cold. Like I I wound up sleeping down here uh, Monday night while trying to. Um, it, yeah, the dogs were pretty much a mess with this thing going on, so I didn't sleep a whole lot. But down here, it was still, you know, probably you know, 68 degrees. So not bad at all. Um, like right now, I'm freezing. Um, 
just with the regular AC running. But uh, yeah, upstairs, I think it got up to about 80. Um, we wound up losing um, most of our, yeah, so that, that was the worst part. Um, not enough to where we would, you know, file an insurance claim because, you know, not, the deductible, you know, wouldn't have been met. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, we've had a couple of these in my life. It, we once had a week long power outage when we lived in, uh, Cahokia. And, uh, that was Ooh. hell. Tiny, tiny box house. And yeah, we, that time we, we went and stayed with, uh, some relatives for a week. But this time, Jeez. 24, well, 30 hours. And, uh, we had power back on Monday morning. But, Jeez, man, that's that's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah I, I sorry, think I'm, I would I'm, probably have gone like I was gonna say, if, you know, if if we would have had power but not internet, I probably would have been driven nuts too. But yeah. oh yeah, I bet. Um, yeah, so uh, well, I guess I should get to my beer. Uh, yeah, so we've got uh, we're drinking out of my Duff cup tonight, my Duff glass, uh, one of the many I got from Universal last year. Um, drinking some, uh, some of my favorite summer brew, uh, some lighting Kugel, uh, summer shandy, um, just a good tasty summer beer. Uh, I think you've said before too, Bill, your go-to right after you mow the lawn. That is what I always have after I mow. Yeah. So, some kind of summer uh, shandy. Um, right now I've got in the, uh, the, the, as you say in the beer fridge, I've got, uh, not, not, I think I like the line of Google better. Uh, so, um, again, we, uh, we'll, we'll open up talking about, uh, so just some couple things around the NHL. Again, we did miss last week, so we will talk a little bit about free agency before we get into revealing our right winger, uh, one and two on the new, uh, on the Blues all time team. Uh, so first of all, happy birthday to Al McKinnis and Jordan Bennington. Uh, Al McKinnis turned the big six zero. Uh, which that is crazy to me. Um, we keep, and, and uh, Bill, I'm, I'm sure you're the same way. We see these, you know, heroes from our childhood. And, you know, you, for you, I think more of like the Mike Liuta era for you. But for Al McKinnis, like, that's who I grew up, like, trying to model my game after. Pronger, obviously, too. But, like, the, you know, just seeing these guys get up in age 60, 65, 70, it, it's kind of, uh, it's one of those things that reminds you, Holy shit! I am not young anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. I think the uh, the guy that engaged the contract was Patrick uh, Wall. Patrick Wall, Mary Lee both had the share of birthday. Um, I think October first, sixty-five. Um, yeah, and and when they hit fifty, I was like, oh man, we're old. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> not uh, they're they're gonna hit fifty. In just two years, that's crazy. Yep. Uh, ben, Jordan Bennington also again turns thirty. Uh, so he's uh, he's getting up there a little bit and uh, celebrate getting out of his twenties. And uh, he also just got married uh, just a couple days ago to Chris Pot- Prosperi, who's pretty big on Instagram and Twitter and all that. So congratulations to them and a couple big days for the Blues starting goaltender. Uh, hopefully. Uh, you know, we'll see if he has a better year this year. But uh, you know, a couple big, big days for him here this summer, and uh, you know, hopefully getting his mind off this past terrible blue season. Yeah, not his fault by any stretch, but uh, hopefully all around better for the team. 
Uh, so talking about uh, NHL free agency, as I mentioned, uh, we did miss a show last week. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, what's been going on. So we'll talk about familiar names here. And then, of course, Bill, I'll open up to you if there's anything else or Fritz uh, or Sheldon, if any of you want to mention uh, anything going on there uh, with uh, within the NHL. So the Blues signings this week, uh, they have brought back Mackenzie McEckern at uh, two years, $1.55 million. That's uh, $775,000, uh, 100000 uh, AAV uh, per year. And they've also signed uh, Malcolm Subban for one year at 775000 k uh, And I, okay, so we'll talk about those, and then we'll get into the rest of these real quick. Um, those are the big ones. It, I say big ones, but those are the ones that are somewhat of note because they were not re-signings by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, McKeckern comes back. He left the Blues for a short period, and uh, then he comes back now. And uh, we'll see if he slots in on that fourth line, if he's a 13th forward for the Blues. Uh, it's a two-way deal, I believe. So we could see him back in the AHL as well. Um, but I will say, uh, and, and, you know, I'm indifferent, whatever. At this point, you need bodies to fill an NHL roster. McKecker knows the Baruby system. I'm fine with them bringing him back and just kind of giving him another shot. There was stretches in that cup run especially where I loved his game. Um, well, let me, before we talk about the backup goalie, uh, any thoughts from you, Bill, on uh, Mr. McKenzie McKeckern returning back to the St. Louis Blues? The names we're talking about is the reason why we didn't have a show last week, right? Because they're not <laughs> a big flash to any stretch of the imagination. McKeckern's just a safe deal, right? He he uh, got some time with uh, Carolina in the, in the playoff run this year. Um, looked pretty good. Um, played pretty well with uh, Stastny, I thought. Um, in the limited time I got to watch Carolina games. But uh, having him back is definitely going to be good. He'll kind of replace, uh, you know, the uh, the Josh Levos uh, of that team, right? Um, just can, go, can get sent down because of the two-way deal. Um, knows the system, like you said. Um, but... A guy who's just, you know, he's a reliable guy that can play at the NHL level. But if we don't need him here, he'll be a great, you know, top two liner for. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I've, we do have another co-host coming in, folks. We have a special guest. I forgot what he called. We already said we call him special guest contributor. I, something like that. I'll have him correct me. Uh, Steven Ground from Two Guys, One Cup has rejoined the show, and yes, he's revealing another uh, position with us tonight. Steven, thank you. Last minute as well. Thank Happy you very much here. for joining us tonight. Of course. I've learned I'm the guy that you call when literally every other option has collapsed from underneath <laughs> you. So, you know, I'm happy to happy to fill that role from time to time. <laughs> you know me too well, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, this again, I, I told this at the start of the show, uh, we had somebody who was supposed to come on got sick and uh unfortunately none of the the well originally none of the let's go blues guys could do it bill is not even in his usual spot he's uh hanging out in the basement drinking was like yeah why not i'll come on and talk hockey you know why not <laughs> and uh yeah and so i thought you know what i'm gonna text steven too if he's available uh it'd be good to have him too so i i really do appreciate you last minute stepping in i went from having to do the show solo to having two guest hosts how about that there we go <laughs> 
Uh, so uh, talking about goaltending real quick, uh, Malcolm Subban was the other big uh, – well, again, again, I say big, but uh, the other uh, notable, I guess, uh, right. signing the Blues have made one year, $775,000 signing. Um, he is likely to be the AHL goalie as well, but I love this. I think I said this at the end of the season. Um, you're not bringing back Grice, which I'm perfectly fine with. Uh, I think you did need I'll to go out and get, yeah. <laughs> you do need to go out and get some kind of backup. Well, potential backup, not only in case there's an injury at the NHL level, but to battle Joel Hofer uh, to to give him that competition for that backup role in training camp. The Blues did this, and and I know this is an extreme example. The Blues did this uh, about ten years ago now when they brought in Brian Elliott. The only reason he was brought in originally was to battle Ben Bishop and make him more competitive in training camp to get that backup role to Yaroslav Halak. Well, we also what Brian Elliott did as a St. Louis Blue. He took the job, ran with it, still in the NHL at this point. Um, So good for him. I'm not saying that's going to be Malcolm Subban. That is an extreme example of somebody getting signed to a contract like this and running with it. But I love it. Give that competition to Hofer. I'll go to you first, Stephen. Uh, your thoughts on Malcolm Subban joining the St. Louis Blues organization? Yeah, I think it's a great uh, decision. As uh, pretty much agree with everything you said, um, it's cool. Apparently, he has. Uh, I'm just judging by his presence at uh, the wedding last weekend. Already has a relationship with Bennington uh, that must be pretty close, which you assume dates back to days in Providence. Maybe I think they were both in that organization. So. Um, well, obviously Bennington wasn't in that organization, but you know what I mean? (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a good, good addition. Um, I have a a couple friends who do, um, you know, some podcasting writing for Buffalo and say he's a great personality and they really loved having him there. So, you know, I think probably, probably your AHL goalie down there with Jurenko, hopefully everything works out with Hofer. Um, but definitely a guy with some. NHL experience uh, if either of your goalies goes down or struggles or, you know, whatever the case may be. So you don't have to throw a Hofer into the fire for the whole thing or Borgerinko or whatever else. So I like it. From Ken Morris, yes. How old is Subban? He is 29. So, uh, you know, kind of in the prime of his career, I guess. He was a pretty high draft pick, was he not? Wasn't he a first rounder? Um. Who knows? It, it, goalies, goalies, yeah, right? First, first or second rounder, but yeah, <laughs> right. Twenty-fourth overall pick. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, but but Bill, your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. Do you agree with Stephen and I? Anything different to add? Anything else about the Subban? Yeah. Thing? No, I I think it it makes a lot of sense. You you get a guy with uh, NHL experience. Um, you know, he's, he's been, you know, had some, some minutes, uh, in Buffalo and Chicago, um, at the, uh, big league level. Um, you know, his, his track record in the A is very good. Um, you know, having that kind of guy as a, a number three goalie, um, being able to, uh, you know, come up if one of the, the top two gets hurt. I think it's Hofer's job uh, as the backup, but, you know, there's, like you say, a, you know, a veteran AHL presence to really help mentor Jarenko, um and, you know, kind of 
get him through this next year uh, is is going to be excellent for him. You know, uh, last year, uh, first year over here, um, you know, at least in the the pro level, and uh, having having a more veteran presence to to help him along uh, instead of splitting time. Uh, with uh, another guy who's pushing to make it to the next level, I think it's going to be big for Zarenko, who's more the long-term uh, prospect for for the team. I mean, I think it's really hope for um, that that will take over if uh, Bennington winds up, uh, you know, out of here within a couple of seasons. But I, I like it. Yep. I, I think it's a great, great organizational move. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, all right. So, uh, other signings by the blues, Tyler suck, Tyler sucker is what I almost said. Good (laughs) Lord. Wow. I hope that name doesn't stick. (laughs) Tyler Uh, Tucker. It's it's, that's, that's the old Sam Pollock quote, right? My name's Tucker, not sucker. (laughs) The old uh, Montreal GM would, uh, whenever somebody would pose a bad trade, (laughs) Uh, so Tyler Tucker signs a two-year, two or one-way, one point six million dollar deal, eight hundred thousand dollars AAV at the NHL level. Uh, well, actually, that's all the time because it's a one-way deal. Uh, and then Hugh McGing also signs a one-year, seven hundred seventy-five thousand dollar contract. Wyatt Kalyanuk, I probably am butcher- butchering that. He's a defenseman. One year, same price, seven hundred seventy-five thousand. And then Josh Jacobs, also a defenseman, one year, seven hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. So this, none of these are blowing our skirts up. Uh, Tyler Tucker is maybe the one that got, stands I out. I got fifteen minutes prepared on Wyatt Kalanick. I don't know why you're. All right, let's hear it. No. <laughs> Go. I don't know why you're cutting me off. No, no, no. I feel <laughs> I feel neglected now. I don't okay, good. Do, save it for two guys, one cup. Yeah, that's right. That's the <laughs> where you get the real deep Wyatt Kalanick takes. That's what we're known for. I, yeah, I was gonna say that's what that's what everybody was talking about. Oh, you guys want to know about him? Go to two guys, one cup. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad. glad the reputation spread. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, none of these are crazy. Tyler Tucker is obviously the one that's going to stand out because that means you know for the most part he is going to be expected to, to start and stay in the NHL. Um, but you know, Hugh McGing, guy we saw a little bit of here at the NHL level, but I'm hearing he is loved in the AHL. Um, so just some depth moves here for the Blues. Uh, again, trying to make sure they're shelling out an NHL and AHL roster. You need these guys in the lineup, and who knows? Maybe one of them hits, and all of a sudden you, you're talking about Wyatt Kalyanuk, uh being in the oh, Blues top two. you will be. <laughs> I do think, just as an aside on this, I did think it was funny I was going to say, I still think that Huma Gang is in witness protection. That can't possibly be his real name. It just can't be. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I think for I think for Tucker, the funny thing to me was I saw a lot of people saying, well, we now have, I think it's nine defensemen on one-way contracts. That means the trade has to be happening. And I'm like, we might trade like Callie Rosen for future considerations at, at training camp, but it's not doesn't guarantee that a big contract is booming out, you know, or we might just waive one of these guys. There's a lot of ways to do that. Doesn't mean well, and let's face it too. You can start a one-way contract uh, in the AHL. They're they are yes, they're going to have to clear waivers at the start, but we see every year, and I think people just forget this. Every year, you see one or two guys, all, almost from every team, 
have to go through waivers yeah. before the the official roster starts. So yeah, it's the that safest, means nothing. Safest time to send a guy through waivers too. Yep. You have three hundred other people going through. So yeah, right. Yep, and uh, it, it was a, it's the same conversation we had two weeks ago on this show with uh, you know some people saying, well, the Blues didn't draft well because well, I say some people was one person because they took four left-handed defensemen. What the hell are you thinking? And it's like they're not all playing in the NHL this year, guy. Like it doesn't matter. They're 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 assets to this team. Um, it doesn't exactly mean that they're going to be playing in the NHL even two years from now. So same here. Yeah. You have maybe you can have 12 defensemen on one way contracts. Guess what? A couple of those guys are going to be in the AHL. It doesn't matter. Other. Uh, well, the only big, so again, I, I say big, uh, the only loss that the blues had in free agency truly is Logan Brown has signed with the Tampa Bay lightning and one year, 775,000. So they traded Pat Maroon to uh, the uh, Minnesota Wild, I guess they decided they needed another clunker on the team. So they went with Logan Brown. <laughs> they're, they're following the Blues path, right? Uh, of, you know, no Maroon. And so Maroon and Sanford were on, on the team. And we, we let Maroon walk. And Sanford was our guy. And then we swapped him for Brown. So they're like, yeah, maybe we should follow this path. To say, yeah, we're not in it anymore. Maybe they are like, well, Matthew Kachuk's a St. Louis boy, and he's doing well over there in Florida. Let's, uh, you know, Pat Maroon brought us a, a couple cups because it's clearly on the shoulders of him. Uh, maybe they're like, let's get another St. Louis kid. That that's Could that's be. clearly the key. That is one of those things though, where I uh, Tampa Bay is so good at talent evaluation that when I see them at him, I'm like, uh oh, maybe we uh, maybe we missed something. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think I think we know what Logan Brown is at this point. Yep, yep. Which is yeah. not to say that he's a terrible player, but yeah, he's just not yeah. An he's player. he's no he he'd be great in the Brentwood Men's League. <laughs> <laughs> I could use him on my H and A team. That would be very awesome. Uh, Logan, give me a call. Uh, so I uh, do want to mention a couple uh, signings here. That uh, really, it's just because. These guys were technically on the roster last year, and there was some talk. Do we do the Blues bring back some of the guys they traded? Well, the answer to that is no, because all of them have signed elsewhere. Ivan Barbashev re-signed with the Vegas Golden Knights. The Blues traded him to five years, $25 million, so that's a $5 million AAV, which is a nice little pay bump for him. Uh, Nico Mikola signed with the Florida Panthers, three years, $7.5 million. That's a $2.5 million AAV. Not bad for him, but I was like, that might be a little much. I don't know. What What do you guys think? Uh, I, I, we don't need to break all these down too much. But, you know, I, I saw that and I was a little surprised. I'm like, you're giving three years, 2.5 to a guy who really, to me, hasn't proven much. And I think I do think Nico Mikula is going to be an NHL player for a while. But I'm just surprised that he got a three-year deal anywhere. I thought somebody might've given him one, maybe two years. Feels like a little much to me. I think Yeah, <laughs> definitely just similar to you. Like, I don't think it's going to, it's like some dramatic overpay that they're going to regret for years, but right. There's nothing that NHL general managers love more than a big old defenseman. So I guess <laughs> he just gets that pay bump for being tall and being 
kind of physical, although not really. I don't yeah. think so. But yeah. he's big, so he should be physical, right? Yeah, it's, it's, exactly. it's, it's, it's in his nature. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think the term's not that big of a deterrent um, for for a trade, right? If Florida will have him for, you know, they expect to be good again this year. Um, who knows? You know, I, I think with Kachuk, they're they are really going to try to go for it. They were so close this year. Um, so it's an interesting gamble, uh, on a guy that, uh, you know, didn't really help New York all that much and is, uh, in and out here. But, uh, I, I think that given his age and his size, the two and a half is, is going to be easy enough to move even with two years on that. So not a terrible deal, I don't think. I no, was I agree. Not terrible. Just a little surprised. before Tarasenko. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? I do. He's upstairs passed out because he was up at 3.30 this morning. Ooh, he was why? he was up from 3.30 to 5 because he's an asshole. <laughs> and he was just like, I'm going. He's just going to, he just decides I'm going to get up and start playing and, and just making a bunch of noise in my room. Like he didn't come, like he didn't bother us. He didn't come in to bother us, but I hear him up and I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? And I'm like, if I go in there, I know he's just going to expect to come back to bed with me and he's going to keep me up. So I'm like, I'm just going to let him sit in there. And yeah, he was up from three 30 to five. I'm like, you are an insane boy. So yeah, he is past the f out right now. He he was about about eight o'clock. He was ready for bed. And I was like, nope, you're staying up till at least nine because I'm you are not getting up at three thirty again. So now to be four thirty. So uh, Nola Chari signs with Pittsburgh Penguins three years, six million. That's a two million AAV. Uh, and the big one, I think this one was uh, I, I called this the major bummer of the year for me. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly signs with the Nashville Predators four years, 18 million. That's a 4.5 million AAV. Um, I say it's a major bummer because I really like, did. I think he was going to come back. Maybe I, I, I was at about a 50, 50 by the time July 1st rolled around. And, you know, I was like, but you know, he's only going to come back. If maybe his family decides we don't actually want to leave St. Louis. We want to retire there. That's the only way he comes back. The Blues aren't going to throw a bunch of money at him. One, because they don't have it. And two, because what's the point? They're not going for anything. Um, The bummer for me was more Nashville. Fucking Nashville had to sign him. Uh, So we're going to see him. uh, Well, thank you, NHL schedule. We're only going to see him three times this year. It's like he's in the other division. But uh, still, it is a division rival. Uh, and four years, uh, that is a lot of term for him. I thought most a team would give him would be three. Uh, and $4.5 million per year. In four years, Nashville's going to regret this contract. So I, when, when you look at that, I say, thank God the Blues didn't try to match that. I don't know if there was even an option for him to. But, um, yeah, for me, the bummer is more sucks he's in Nashville. But for Nashville, I'm like, I don't think this is a good signing for them at all. Two years, sure, they're going to love him. Two years after that, it's it it's going to be a decline, even more than we saw last year. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think he uh, he's Nashville's so weird. They're so weird. Have you looked yeah. at their roster? They're like 
rebuilding, but not. I mean, they've got UC Soros, so I guess they're always like semi-competitive. But I just don't. I don't get him wanting to. Well, I get him wanting to be there because he loves music and guitars, and it's Nashville, whatever. Super overrated, lame, sucky city, but whatever. Um, but you know, if if it's if that, that's your thing, that's your thing. But um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a weird signing for them, um, and they're you know, they just can't seem to decide what they're doing exactly. But yeah, yep. it, you're you're right. I mean, jettisoning uh, Johansson and Duchesne, right? It's like they're. You know, they publicly admitted that uh, the uh, ultra aggressive moves that they were credited for a couple of years ago just blew up in their face. Um, <laughs> I really, you know, I I thought, um, you know, there was talk of Soros getting moved. You know that that uh, I forget the name of the the Russian goalie that they've got in Milwaukee that that they thought that you know he might be just give him the reins. We're not we're not going to compete this year, but give him some NHL experience. Um, you know, don't make any major moves. Trade Saros for picks, and that'll be you know the the retooling. The uh, fuel you get assets there that will help a retool like Doug Armstrong wants to do here. That Tory Krug fucked up, but uh, <laughs> I I just. I don't know. I, it, you're you're so spot on with saying that Nashville is such a weird team now, right? Roman Yossi is, you know, he is a extremely, extremely like probably one of the best leaders in a locker room in the NHL right now. And you know, you're basically saying, you know, you're betting on Ryan O'Reilly to to infuse this team after taking away two very potent offensive weapons that just probably weren't used right. So it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Uh, I agree with Jeff. You know, if if they haven't moved him for picks um, before he's, uh, his value is completely gone, they will be regretting it. Yeah. I, I Again, I, I, I'm fine with them at four years. Um, if it brings that AAV down, uh, talking in terms of GM, not a rival. Four years, okay, bring that AV, AAV down, and maybe that's what happened. Maybe originally it was he wants $5 million per, so getting him that fourth year brought him in a 4.5. But I'm like, if I'm giving you a fourth year, we're going down to four, 3.8. You know, like I'm, I'm not giving him 4.5 per for four years. That's just a lot of money for a guy yes he had a little bit of a resurgence with toronto he looked great in the playoffs for him but and 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 again it's weird because we're looking at it like well if nashville makes the playoffs this might be a genius move are they trying to make the playoffs (laughs) we don't know nobody knows except i guess barry trotz very odd all right, well, uh, guys, we are going to hit our commercial here. Uh, I'm, uh, as they say in the radio business, I'm I'm up against a commercial break, guys. Uh, so that is what we're going to do. Uh, when we get back, we'll reveal our first two right wings of the all-time Blues team. You are listening to Jeff Bill and Stephen Ground of Two Guys One Cup here on Let's Go Blues Radio. We'll return after these messages. Every beer league hockey night, I grab my hockey bag and sticks and throw them in the trunk of my car. And the very next thing I do, 
I mix up a boost of energy courtesy of RockinThatIDLife.com. It's formulated to break up its delivery in three ways, which helps me get through all three periods of hockey. Phase one provides a rapid onset of energy, concentration, alertness, and motivation. By period two, I'm receiving a dose of sustained energy, increased focus, metabolism, cognitive function, performance, and feelings of well-being, which I need with the way I play. In Phase 3, I'm getting fatigue protection without jitters and crash, an elevated mood and a reduction of fluid retention to help me make the big play when it counts. This same triphasic approach helps me when I drink it during work hours or simply just for a pick-me-up when I need it. Try one of the four energy flavors by visiting rockinthatidlife.com, but make sure to email Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Center Ice Brewery is a beer lover's dream for hockey fans. Based in St. Louis, Missouri, owner Steve Albers has been brewing hockey-themed favorites for thirsty sports fans since 2017. From the Beauty IPA to the Old Arena Lager, a cold, frosty, hockey-themed beer is just what the doctor ordered for hockey fans in St. Louis. Make sure to check your local beer store for Center Ice Brewery beer today. LGB, let's go beer. During the magical 2019 playoff run, I was in the midst of buying my current home. Every time I spoke with my realtor, obviously, home buying was the discussion. But in the back of my mind, I couldn't stop thinking about what was destined to happen for our St. Louis hockey team. If only there were a realtor who could have walked me through the process, held my hand when needed, but was there to be a sounding board when I wanted to complain about a certain hand pass goal. Let realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage be that for you. He'll have your needs top of mind as he skates you through the home buying or selling process, dangling you past any obstacles, and assisting on all your home goals. Check out strikewithmike.com for more information or give him a call directly at 314-753-4060. That's Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage at strikewithmike.com and that number again is 314-753-4060. Don't forget to tell Mike that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And now, back to Let's Go Blues Radio, the longest-running St. Louis Blues podcast with Price, Ponder, and Day. All right, we are back, and uh, before we get into the reveal for the first two right wings of the St. Louis Blues all-time team here on Let's Go Blues Radio, I did want to mention uh, that St. Louis has a, well, I don't know if it's official, but they are bidding to host the Hockey World Junior Championships in 2026. Uh, Steven, you look surprised. Did you not know this? I hadn't seen that yet. That's awesome. Yeah, so very exciting to see. Um, we'll probably have more on this as as the story develops. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's it's looking like they're making a big deal for it. I hope they get it. That would be incredible. Uh, we've got enough rinks here, definitely, that could host something like that. So uh, we will uh, we'll have more as we – It's I know it involves the St. Louis Sports Commission, and, of course, the St. Louis Blues are involved as well. So uh, we'll see what comes of that. But uh, very exciting news if you've not heard that. I will certainly spend that week or two yeah, in St. Louis. They, they're infused with some cash from a certain Stan Kroenke, uh, from what I understand. Um, 
they were they were talking about uh, how that money is going to get divvied up. This would be a great use for it. I, I would be so excited. Um, and we haven't had something like this really since the uh, you know we had the Frozen Four in two thousand seven. Be a huge yep. win to get that here. Oh yeah. Oh, that Frozen Four was awesome too. My brother and I spent like all day that that one Saturday up at uh, I guess at the time that was been was that scott trade at the time um yeah we we were up there like all day i remember craig mctavish sat next to us and it was just we saw him taking notes and i'm like that's craig mctavish he's just plopping down next to us so like it was just it's that that kind of thing is just so much fun to witness you know obviously we watch professional hockey here but you know being able to see the best of the best in in college and then like we're talking about here with junior players that would be a hell of a time here in St. Louis. And Steven, yeah. yes, you better be up here for that if that happens. Oh, I absolutely will be. I, I got the pleasure to go up to Traverse City a couple of times uh, for the Blues Prospect Tournament out there. Sadly, they stopped going this year. Hopefully that's not forever. But um, that's just awesome being in that environment surrounded by hockey people and just, you know, really diehard hockey fans. It can't be beat. It's great. Oh, yeah, it is the best. Uh, so, uh, well, let's see. Ken Morris here says, uh, hope St. Louis gets the bid to host the world juniors. Yeah. With you, with you, Ken. Hey, make a, make a trip down here. If that happens, it'd be, uh, it'd be fun to have you down here in St. Louis. Hopefully you can, uh, I know you're on the run from the law, so it might be hard to get your passport, <laughs> but, uh, we're hoping you can do it there, Ken. Uh, so the, uh, uh, 35th anniversary. Well, first of all, let's talk about it. The, Another reveal here, guys. We've uh, we talked about left wing a couple weeks ago. It seems like a forever ago now, because uh, that was before the draft, before free agency. Uh, but now we are talking about right wing. We're going to reveal two players tonight. The first two spots on the all time team, the thirty fifth anniversary team back in two thousand two when the Blues uh, uh, did this kind of thing. They had Brett Hall, Joe Mullen, Scott Young, and Wayne Babich. Uh, so we'll see if any of those guys make the list here in 2023 for the anniversary or for the uh, all-time team. So we will, uh, Ken Morris says, witness protection. Uh, yeah, Ken, uh, you don't need to be claiming that. I mean, it's a good way for people to find you. So be careful. <laughs> Hopefully that's not your you real name. you know Cuba Gang? So our first reveal here, guys. Uh, you know, there's. I don't need to build up suspense because this is another no-brainer. We had one with McKinnis and Pronger. Uh, left wing was a little bit of a maybe we'll see. There is no question here. Uh, number one right wing on the all-time team, Brett Hall. Uh, he keeps his spot that he had there on the 35th anniversary team. Uh, so he, uh, in his career, which uh, running down this list, holy shit. Uh, strap yourselves in. Here we go. Eight All-Star games, seven with the Blues, played with the Flames, Blues, Stars, Red Wings, and most notably the Phoenix Coyotes. Uh, five games, by the way. I did look that up because we talked about it a couple weeks ago. We're like, how many games did he even play? But it was five. Um, 1989-90, Lady Bing Memorial Trophy winner. 1990-91, Hart Memorial Trophy winner. 1990-91, Lindsay Award uh, he was also listed as the uh, one of the NHL's 100 greatest players in 2018, uh, inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2009, 
His best season as a Blue came into the aforementioned 1990-91 season. 78 games played, 86 goals, 45 assists, 131 points. Uh, my favorite stat of Brett Hall's is this next note that I have here. In that season, 86 goals, the second largest total uh, by a player. Uh, no empty net goals. Um, I need to look up what Wayne Gretzky had when he posted 92 goals, but I know that we have had that before, and uh, I think he had like eight or nine at least. So when you're talking about goals on a goalie, Brett Hall actually holds that record if you take empty net goals out of the equation, uh, which is extremely impressive. I also think that's the best error, whatever they do, the advanced metric for error-adjusted error goals scored. I think that's the best season on record. That's in that insane. As well. Not surprising at all. Uh, so Blues stats, which again, this is just staggering to look at. Uh, number six all-time in games played with 744. Number one in goals at 527. And I have a note here. Bernie Federico is second on that list with 352. So uh, more than 100 more than the second-place player for Brett Hall. Uh, number two in assists, which is something people don't think about with Brett Hall. He was a very good assist man. A lot of them were rebounds, yes, but he actually was a very good passer, good at faking the shot and getting it over to a teammate. Uh, number two in assists at 409. Number two in points at 936. Number one in even strength goals at 314. Second place for that, Bernie Federico only had 233, so almost 100 more there. Number one in power play goals at 195. Federico only had 117 in second place. Number two in shorthanded goals uh, at 18. We all, uh, well, those that remember him playing, remember him jumping over the boards on the penalty kill and pretty much just knowing there was going to be a shorthanded goal. Uh, number one in game-winning goals at 70. Uh, second is Pavel Dimitra at 45, so he has a ton more than the second place there. Number one in shots uh, at 3,367. Gary Unger is second at 2,469, so he almost has 1,000 more shots than anyone else in uh, Blues history. Number one in hat tricks with 27 uh, and again, second place there, Bernard Federico only had 11. Uh, finished his career with 1,269 games played, 741 goals, 650 assists, 1,391 points. Uh, his goal total at 741 is fifth in NHL history. His point total is 25th in NHL history. So a lot of numbers thrown at you. Anybody who is anybody, even if you've been a fan of the Blues for two years, you know who Brett Hall is. Obviously, there's other reasons you might know Brett Hall, which we can talk about if you guys want. But his play on the ice, one of the most dominant players in NHL history, uh, let alone a St. Louis Blue, um, and just a sniper among snipers. Um, the only other player I've been able to see get a shot off like him is Alexander Ovechkin, who recently passed him in goal totals. Um, yeah, I just, Brett Hall, slam dunk, no way anyone even comes close on right wing in Blues history. Um, I don't think there's any shock here. Uh, why don't we start with Bill? Um, you, I mean, you saw him play. I mean, anything to add from what we've talked about with stats? Yeah, stat-wise, no. I mean, you can't argue with those numbers. Um, I mean, he was... 
in his in his playing days, I mean, the, the most electric player. Um, every game you went to, uh, you knew there was going to be, you know, so many so many offensive chances created. Um, I mean, the the guy was just lethal. Whether you know, getting off a one timer from the slot, or you know, setting up somebody with a with a you know, drawing defense to him, um, getting a shot through, and allowing somebody to poke in an easy rebound. Uh, I mean, the guy was offensively the most gifted player that this this franchise has ever seen. Um, you know, we can largely credit uh, the the newer uh, the the Keel Center at the time, the uh, Enterprise Center now, um, for you know, to Brett Hull, right? He he was such a a large presence. Um, got um, when it when it almost died during the. Uh, you know, Ralston Purina, Harry Ornest era, um, with poor management. Um, he, you know, he brought so many kids, you know, for me, you know, as, as, as somebody who grew up playing hockey locally here in St. Louis, there, there was no bigger draw to the game. We had so many more people come out and sign up after Brett Hull came here in the late eighties that you know he he really revived the sport in this town i i think that's to me kind of the the thing that's always understated about him um and and his tenure here and you know the the game changed and he wasn't ready to evolve with it at the time and so we had to say goodbye to him but what his legacy here you know it, it is he he's definitely got to be the probably the number one person on this list at any position. Yeah, I agree with that. Steven? Yeah, I mean, like you said, obvious choice, no-brainer here. Um, I don't know what more needs to be said, honestly. I did look at that (laughs) era-adjusted goal-scoring thing. Um, This is from uh, 2017, admittedly, but I don't think anything that's happened since then would have broken that. Uh, he scored 86 goals that season. Uh, the idea of area adjusted for anyone who doesn't know is just that since, you know, the goal scoring is more or less common at different times in hockey history, they try to level the playing field and kind of average how much a goal would be, you know, worth per era. Um, they actually averaged it down eight goals. So the era adjusted total is 78 and that is still six goals more than any other season. Alex Ovechkin's 07, 08, 65 goal total is in second place. So um, just an offensive force, uh, you know, creative um, and lethal, like, like you both said, probably the most, most lethal shooter uh, in blues history. Certainly maybe, you know, one of the most lethal scores in NHL history. Um, It, sucks that he didn't end up getting to win the cup here um but he has also come back and become a big part of the franchise and and you know for for better or worse at times made some very memorable moments with uh st louis the second time around so uh we love hall in st louis he loves to be here it seems um and you know an absolute legend maybe the legend of this franchise at this point as I've told uh, Blues alumni um, that have been on this show that uh, Brett Hall 
is uh, St. Louis's drunk uncle. Uh, yeah. That's that's kind of what I call him, and I know Quite other literally. people call him that too. Yeah. So, um, and, and yeah, I mean, just a, I mean, we talk about his personality now. He is just a fun-loving, yes, alcohol-loving uh, gentleman. But I mean, the stories that we hear from his playing days, even just the the media quotes that we get from him, uh, still to this day that we hear, and it's just, oh my god, this guy just did not give a shit um, what he was saying at any time. Uh, you know, my one of my favorite stories ever is the the Kelly Chase one that he told, um, where he, uh, uh, I don't, I'm probably going to butcher the story, so sorry, Kelly, but um, you know the. They, they had a, a game and they had practice in the morning and Kelly Chase pulls up in Bob Barry's car and, and I'm sorry, Brett Hall pulls up in Bob Barry's car as uh, Kelly Chase is exiting the arena and he's like, hey, you want to go east? And he's like, uh, no, man, uh, what are you doing in Bob's car? Oh, Bob's letting me borrow his car. Let's uh, let's go. And they go down east. They come back. They get to the arena before practice and, you know, spend all night out. And Brett and Kelly both walk in together, and Bob Barry says, uh, "Kelly, you are benched. You are not playing in the next game." Brett, how you doing? And uh, he's like, "Well, wait. Why does Brett Hall? You know, he's the one that stole the car." And he's like, "Because he's Brett Hall, and you're Kelly Chase." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's just—I mean—that kind of thing. Just you know, knowing he could get away with stuff, and then just the stuff we've heard, just. Yeah, you know, there's a couple stories that come out from when he was a Dallas Star, things that he used to say to Hitchcock and uh, other players. I mean, just a just a quite the personality, and then you know t- to back it up with the goal scoring prowess we saw from him. Um, you know, a, a former captain of this team uh, numerous times, and then uh, obviously driven out by multiple things, including Mike Keenan, unfortunately. Um, but um, but yeah, just. A no-brainer here. Um, again, not just for the goal scoring, but because of what we know of him off the ice and, and how beloved he is in this city. Well, uh, our next reveal. Uh, so this one's got a little bit more mystery behind it. Um, so last, uh, again, the 35th anniversary team had Joe Mullen in this spot. So does he make the cut here? He does not. Reveal number two goes to uh, somebody who was on the roster last year. Vladimir Tarasenko is your second right wing on this team. Um, I, I When I first saw that he won second, I was kind of like, well, I'm not really surprised. But then I kind of dug into it a little bit more, and I was like, you know, it's it's not surprising in terms of, you know, recency bias to a certain extent. You know, Joey Mullen had some good years here. Wayne Babich is a guy who's who had a lot of success as a blue. And then getting into more recent guys like David Backus, TJ Oshie, Greg Pazlowski's had huge moments as a blue. Um, so it is a little surprising to see. Uh, I don't want to say little surprising. It is very minimally surprising to see Vladimir Tarasenko <laughs> in this spot. I'll run through his stats here in a minute, but I just want to ask you guys, are you surprised to see Tarasenko uh, right here at number two? No, no from Bill. I'm not. How about you, Steven? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not at all. Got to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I agree. Again, recency bias included as well. It's it's not surprising. And when you look at his numbers here, they're pretty impressive. Uh, so, again, four all-star games with the Blues, all all with the Blues. Uh, we'll see if he gets any more in his career as he is currently a free agent. Uh, his best season of the Blue actually came uh, last year. So this was coming off his multiple shoulder injuries. And if anybody who listens to this show remembers, I said, 
Vladimir Tarasenko will never score 20 goals in the NHL again. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, his best season came after I said that, so you're welcome, Vladimir <laughs> Tarasenko. Um, 75 games played, 34 goals, 48 assists, 82 points in 2021-22. Uh, stats for the Blues, number five in goals all time at 262. Number seven in assists at 291. Number five in points at 553. Number four in even strength goals at 196. Number six in uh, power play goals at 65. Number three in game-winning goals at 44. Number four in shots at 2,058. And tied for sixth in hat tricks at fifth. Again, still a free agent right now. Uh, so we'll see where he ends up. I don't think it's going to be St. Louis, uh, but who knows? Uh, so, uh, but anyway, um, Vladimir Tarasenko, again, not terribly surprising, um, but your guys' thoughts on, uh, Tarasenko, uh, being included on this team and his spot at number two. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think, um, Go ahead, I think Steve. he's just, sorry, got the <laughs> delay. Uh, I think it's a, a no brainer here personally. I mean, obviously there've been some good options here for right wing, um, that are, you know, also impact players, but I think. Vladimir Tarasenko, you know, when you strip it right down to it, has still been the star of this generation of, of Blues fandom, especially if you're like me, um, you know, young, very, um, very attractive and handsome and still in the prime of his life. You know, you kind of grew up with Vladimir Tarasenko as uh, re- really no reaction on that, Jeff, just because it's true. I assume that that's actually why. I agree with you. He is a young, <laughs> attractive man. So I'm well, not- True. Um, but no, you know, you, you really grew up if you're, if you're about my age with him as, as like the fresh new hope of the team and the new star. So it's, it's no wonder to me that the kind of people that vote in Twitter polls would, would rank him very high. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, his numbers are sensational. Um, he won a cup here. He was on the cover of, of NHL, uh, what was that? Fifteen, lest we forget. NHL seventeen, maybe somewhere. I want to say in there. seventeen. Let me see um, if I can. Fifteen find it. does feel a little yeah. early now that I mention it. But I mean, from the moment he was drafted, it was excitement. From the moment he debuted against the Red Wings and scored two goals, um, there was excitement about him. He became one of our best goal scorers uh, of all time. Number five in goals, even in a fairly limited time—not limited, but you know, shorter time than some of the people on that list um big part in winning a cup here um you know i i hated that he left but i understand why and and all the trade rumor stuff did put kind of a sour note on the end of his time here and that's unfortunate but i think you know five ten years down the road uh people will look back vladimir tarasenko's tenure as as a blue with nothing but positive thoughts and happy memories and all that good stuff NHL 17. There we go. Yep. All right, Bill. Your thoughts. Somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I, I can't disagree with uh, anything that anybody said at this point, right? And, you know, I, I'll say that the common thread between these two guys um, that, that we revealed tonight, um, their secret weapon for getting on this list is memorable quotes from the 2019 <laughs> season. Brett Hull, <laughs> we went blues. Vladimir Tarasenko, what's a rub off mean? Right? <laughs> these these guys are uh, so quotable. Uh, but 
yeah, I, you know, it, it's the to Stephen's point about the the sour taste uh, in our mouths with uh, the departure of Tarasenko. Um, you know, he's he's free agent. He's not coming back here as long as Doug Armstrong's the general manager here. I think there's enough animosity between them um, that uh, that he he definitely wouldn't come back. Um, with without some some assurances that uh, there was going to be different management um, and probably some some different uh, uh, ways of taking care of him. Um, so for for David Perron, um, we can talk about him more and the, the left wing reveal shows. But uh, um, I think Tarasenko's days are here or done. Uh, but you know, for for a fan base that you know, we went through so many lean years um, after uh, after Bill Lurie, um had some seasons um, with uh, you know Eric Johnson going number one and um, you know just yeah golf cart sorry um, <laughs> we you know. We we had a great pick in Petro, but you know, a, a kind of a you know a, a steady as you go defenseman um, leader from the back line. That's not going to you know that's not going to stoke a lot of fire. But when we drafted Tarasenko, when he fell to us in that draft, and we we picked him, um, and he came here after the lockout shortened season, and like Stephen said, um, you know that first game against Detroit. Our nemesis, the team that we always seem to struggle against, he comes out, and it's a completely different story. Two goals, um, building was rocking. You know, I said I think that really set the stage for you know going forward. Um, you know, the the 2019 Cup run, he is you know, definitely a you know such an important player on that team. You think back to um, you know the the game two goal that he scored in Boston where he didn't give up on the play and, you know, and, um, you know, and I think it was third period, um, really helped get that game to overtime. Um, he was such, such an important player, such an offensively gifted dynamic player. Um, you know, he, he recency bias aside, I think, you know, to Jeff's point, five years from now, I think we'll still be sitting here saying he deserves to be here in the top two on this list. I, I don't yeah, think Jimmy Snugger is going to replace him in that. <laughs> Not quite yet. Uh, no, and I'll say uh, you mentioned that that goal in game two that for those who don't remember, it's uh, the one where he cut across the crease. And I think I think the save was made by Rask and then he just stayed with it. And I think he knocked it out of the air. I mean, it yeah. was just a sick goal and it was just a, yeah. and again like w- that's something you show kids as you coach and say this is why you don't give up on the play you play until the whistle and that's how Tarasenko plays and I love the way he played when he makes that cut move where he comes across the middle and makes and just has a great chance on goal nine times out of ten he's put in the back of the net when he can pull that move off and and that was one of the times he did and again it didn't look like anything. It looked like a save and cover done or clear to the corner. He stuck with it, and I loved it. Another thing I love about him, and we saw it in the goal against Chicago in, was that 14 playoffs? Uh, the one that sent it to overtime real late. I think it was game two. Um, he 
when he had the puck, when he would get the puck, and we all know, we always used to bitch about how he couldn't one-time the puck, and it was obnoxious. Mm-hmm. But when he did have time, and he would drop that shoulder and just fire it. I mean, if you gave that guy time, he could pick a corner with a wrist shot at 90 miles an hour. I mean, it it would just laser off his stick. And when you saw that shot coming as a Blues fan, you were like already standing up because you were like, here, here it comes. This is a goal. And, you know, unless it just hits off a defenseman's face, it's going top corner um, across the goalie. You know, and, and, and we saw him score a, a couple sick goals off the side of the net, off crazy shots. Um, just a dynamic talent uh, in his heyday. A just, And I think even when he goes, when he retires from the NHL, I think his – greatest moments will always be remembered as a St. Louis blue, unless he drives out of what a three Stanley cups in a row or something, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, I, I think everyone will remember him as a St. Louis blue kind of similar to Brett Hall, even though Hall didn't win his cup here. I think even outside of St. Louis, he's a St. Louis blue forever. It's going to be the same with Tarasenko. Um, just so many memorable goals, so many memorable moments. And, and Bill, you said it. I remember when he was drafted and they asked him, you know, that was the big concern because we just had the Radulov situation happen. A couple other Russian players leave the NHL and we had, you know, is he going to come over? You know, what's the, what's the guarantee he's coming over and you talk to the kid, you know, he would, uh, he would talk to the media and say, I want to come to St. Louis because I want to win a Stanley cup, you know? And it was just, I like I remember even saying that on the show like I believe him like I, I believe he's not just saying that he wants to come win a cup and then he he gets it and what's the first thing he says the next season when they're doing the the preseason interviews uh one is I believe he said one is not enough you know we need another one and it was just I I believe you again Vladdy let's go get another one and again say what you want about covid I think that's the biggest reason the Blues didn't win another cup. Everybody forgets about that year. They still had Petro after the cup win. Uh, I think led by Tarasenko and a couple other guys, I think that could have still happened. But beside that, um, yeah, I think I think this was uh, – he was just a dynamic player, so much fun to watch. It, it's unfortunate, like uh, Steven said, how his time ended, but, man um, – Still, I think, again, I think in five, six, seven years, we're not going to remember that. I mean, we will, but it's not going to be at the forefront of our minds. We're still going to be thinking about all the great moments he provided us in a Blues jersey. Well, we have got a giveaway. Uh, So this will be going to our winner here, a signed Tony Twist. This is 8 by 10. Yeah, I guess it's an 8 by 10. Um, I'm terrible with math, so I don't know measurements. Uh, so this will be going to our winner tonight. So we're going to read a couple uh, runner-ups first, and then we will get to the winner. So uh, runner-up, congratulations, A. Fernando's World, who actually has already won one of these. Um, you will not be winning this, but you are at least mentioned on the show. Uh, he says, uh, Tarasenko was a player other teams tried to contain. David, as in David Backus, who was in the poll with him. Uh, David was a player who contained the other team's best players. In the end, fair or not, David couldn't get us the cup. Vladimir did. And uh, I think that's a great point. Our next one comes from our friend here, Ken Morris. He says, a true superstar. uh, Talking about, uh, this was Brett Hall. 
a true superstar. No other Blues player scored more goals in their stay in St. Louis, and only Gretzky scored more goals in a single NHL season. Hall was a draw not only at the Blues gate, but also at opponents' rinks when playing on the road. He put fans on the edge of their seats. And again, I think we all agree. And here comes our winner. Our winner is Mr. Patrick Yoder, uh, the pie in the sky. He says, sorry, not to be another he was hockey to me guy, but being born in the St. Louis area in 1990, Brett Hall was everything blues. And being right behind the great one, most stats doesn't hurt. Put Hall of Famer on top of his crazy off-ice antics and memes. Holy is goat. Greatest of all time. Uh, so, Patrick Yoder, you are our winner. Thank you very much. And uh, I will be reaching out to you to uh, figure out how to get you your signed Tony Twist picture. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with everything Patrick said. Um, you know, obviously being right behind Wayne Gretzky, being a part of that 96 team that should have won a cup. Um, but, yeah, his crazy off-ice antics. That was the stuff that I remember, you know, uh, Bill, you mentioned um, uh, whatever, Scott Trade, Savas, whatever, Keel. Um, I still remember the the Brett Hall shooting it and, and knocking down the old arena. Um, you know, so much stuff, St. Louis. You think of Brett Hall still to this day. Well, our panelist rankings. Uh, so, uh, again, we've got two more right wings we'll reveal I believe next week is the plan, unless the Blues do something crazy, and we have a show that we're going to talk about that. Uh, so at number one, we had Brett Hall. At number two, we had Vladimir Tarasenko. So we called it right, gentlemen. We have uh, one and two correct. We'll see if the rest of these uh, continue on. Number three, the panel had David Backus. Number four, Joe Mullen. Number five, Wayne Babich. Number six, TJ Oshie number seven, Scott Young, and number eight, Greg Pazlowski. So, again, because Hall and Tarasenko made it this uh, evening, we now have Bacchus Mullen, Babich, Oshie, Young, and Pazlowski all uh, battling for those last two spots on the team. I don't know if you guys have seen who that is. Please don't reveal if you have. Uh, if you haven't, I'd love to hear who you guys think the fans voted in in those last two spots. If we're talking about who the fans voted in, I gotta say TJO, she's gonna be in there. Uh, it, you know, at least if we have uh, anybody that's uh, been a fan uh, for the last uh, twelve years of this team, um, going with recency bias, um, definitely if we had any girls who were in high school um, during that time period that our our listeners and voting on this, they they'll definitely be voting for him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, I think we'll see, uh, Oshie and Bacchus scale a lot of votes, uh, just because, you know, they, they meant a lot to this team in the last, uh, 10, 15 years. Um, I will say that I will be very disappointed if, if Wayne Babbage doesn't get in there, um, uh, mostly because, uh, the story I think I've told on here many times, um, he hung out with me when I was a kid, went to Philadelphia with the team, and uh, uh, the flight got in early. He hung out with me until my parents showed up, and actually, yeah, yeah he was super nice guy. So, oh, and, and a 50-goal score in, in say, the, the early 80s, right? Big-time goal score for the, Blue, for the Blues during that time frame. So, And yeah. a big part of that kid line, uh, the Federico-Sutter-Babbage line. What about you, Steven? 
Um, I think to me that Bacchus is, uh, I would say, a guarantee here, except there's the trickiness of are some people going to think of him as more of a center, but I, I think he, I would think he'd be more likely than Oshi. I mean, fan popularity is hard to measure, but he was a captain and he was here longer. And Oshi, as much as he was hugely popular when he was here, it's been a long time since TJ Oshi was a blue. <laughs> you can't really sure. cite recency bias with Oshi because, um, God, it's got to have been most of a decade now, which is crazy to think. Not quite. Uh, it's been like seven what's... or eight years, though. Um, but what would that have been? 2016 he got traded? I'm trying to think. Uh, it was the year they so would have been 15, right? Yeah, yeah. it was, it was 15. No. Uh, yeah. Um, so, you so know, old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we're all falling apart. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that you said, Billy, about, you know, him being beloved and popular. I just think Bacchus probably takes that recency. I think to me, just on a merit level, it's down to Bacchus and one of Babich or Mullen, who are kind of hard to separate just from a statistical perspective. Um, so that'd be, um, I don't actually know who they are. Uh, so I, I don't risk revealing anything, but it might be, uh, it will be very interesting for me to see who actually does make the cut in the fan vote. And it could just be Oshi because of personal popularity. Yeah, could be. Uh, well, our next poll, uh, is going to be coming up Sunday. We'll have our second center poll. If you go over to Twitter right now, uh, it is the pinned tweet for Let's Go Blues Radio at, at LGB Radio. Uh, we will have, right now, it is, uh, it's, uh, it's until Saturday afternoon, and that'll be the last day for the first poll of center. Uh, so if you go on there right now, if you're listening to this before Saturday afternoon, which Saturday is the 14th, 15th, 15th, uh, that includes Bernie Federico, Red Berenson, Pierre Turgeon, and Doug Gilmore. Very tough center, actually. Um, the center vote is is very interesting. Uh, so right now it's Federico, Berenson, Turgeon, uh, Gilmore. Federico, I know, had a lead, uh, as he should, uh, the last I saw. But uh, Pierre Turgeon was on his heels. Uh, and, of course, Berenson and Gilmore are getting votes as well. This isn't a landslide by any means. So get in there. Vote for your favorite player if you have not done so yet. Um, remember that is on Twitter, but a link is uh, also shared on Facebook. So comment why you voted the way you did or why you didn't vote for someone. And you could have your comment featured on the show and you could win a prize. And I know you guys are sitting here. What the hell is the prize, Jeff? Come on. Why haven't you told us yet? Well, it's a player we just mentioned. It is a rally towel for Mr. TJ Oshie. So if, you, uh, if you're an Oshie fan, uh, that will be the next uh, giveaway. Uh, so we'll see next week what people said about the right wings and why they voted the way they did. You can still go on those old polls and comment, and those will still be entered. Uh, there is no time limit here. So um, if you want to win your Oshi rally towel, get on there and uh, do it right now. Uh, so again, folks, uh, we are wrapping up the show here, but I want to go ahead and, and I'll go ahead and throw it out to our uh, YouTube and Facebook audience as well. If you have any comments, anything you want to say right now about our picks tonight, Brett Hall and Vladimir Tarasenko, any closing thoughts from either of you on uh, who made the first two right-wing spots here on the Blues all-time team? 
I'll no, take that I as a no. Is, I think this is the chalkiest of all chalky. Can't argue with him. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, all right. Well, again, we don't, I, I don't think I haven't figured out yet exactly. Um, I do believe we'll be doing – let me take a quick look here. Yeah, I do have it scheduled that we'll be doing a reveal show next week. Uh, so uh, I plan, that, plan for that on Wednesday if possible. Uh, the only reason that we didn't do Wednesday this week is because City – City, yeah, City. St. Louis City is playing tomorrow night, so at 9.30. So I did not want to go live at 9.15 and miss the game. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so we will be going live next week again, possibly live, uh, maybe pre-recorded. But either way, uh, just stay tuned to us on social media, and we will let you know. Gentlemen, again, um, a huge thank you. I owe you guys multiple beers for stepping in. There was about a 10-minute span where I thought I was going to do this solo, uh, which we've got a great audience here commenting in the chat. Um, I would have been happy to just roll with talking to them and letting them comment on stuff more. But uh, I have, was, was very happy to have you guys join me last minute. So, Bill, thank you very much. I know it wasn't how you were expecting to plan your evening, but thank you for stepping in. And, Stephen, to you as well, thank you for stepping in last minute. Um, it was uh, very, very helpful and uh, made us put on a pretty good show. So I appreciate it. Yeah, sorry for the delays. Oh, it's quite all right. We we deal with much worse on this show. We got to deal with Kurt every week. Come on, man. You know how bad that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, all right, guys. I think that'll do it. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com. And get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Mike Burgoyne from Real Brokerage Realty. Visit strikewithmike.com today for all your home buying and selling needs. That's strikewithmike.com. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's tasty hockey-themed beer. Check out your local beer vendors for availability. That's Center Ice Brewery beer. Please drink responsibly. That will wrap up episode 11 of season 12 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Bill Day and Stephen Ground, as well as uh, the absent Kirk Price and producer Austin, I'm Jeff Ponder, and this was Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Uh, why don't you guys go ahead and say it at the same time? Because maybe Bill will just come in right after Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. I fucked that up. No, that was perfect. Perfect. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. <laughs> you thought I was going to say, son of a bitch, didn't you? <laughs>